0: This is And the Oscar Doesn't Go To. I'm Sam Meltzer, and on this podcast, a guest and myself will be discussing the films that received Best Picture nominations, yet not only failed to win that award, but didn't take home any trophies on Oscar night. Today, I will be joined by returning guest Valentina Starkovich. You heard from her on the first ever episode of this podcast, where we discussed American Hustle and now she is desperately wanting to marry both Katrina Balf and Bradley Cooper. So welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Sam. Once again, I'm here. And once again, we're gonna talk about someone with a hideous somehow, her catch, well, her her style, I'm gonna say. Ah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and I love Katrina Balf and Bradley Cooper because yes, that's that's this award season subject.
0: Yes. You're campaigning both of them to win supporting <laughs> awards, I assume.
1: I'm campaigning Bradley Cooper to win even Best Original Screenplay just for existing. I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. And, okay, so today we will be discussing 1987's Broadcast News, which was directed by James L. Brooks and got seven nominations. So, why did you choose this film out of all the films on the list?
1: Oh my god, I think it just is because. Uh, Among all the ones, it's like when I start searching about it, I'm always concerned about the fact that it didn't win any single award, because I think it's a really fun movie. And for the time, it's it's explores comedy, drama, romance. And well, also because of Albert Brooks hairstyle, I think that's worthy enough.
0: Ah, I was expecting a response along the lines of network is an is a newsroom drama. So is this. And Network yes. won, won Oscars, so I can't discuss Network.
1: <laughs> yes, probably Dad. And also because I started watching The Morning Show. Uh, and, I was yeah. still, and I saw like somehow like correlation. Like when I started watching The Morning Show, I was like, it has something about broadcast news. So I was really encouraged to talk about it.
0: Yeah, so uh, any other reasons or do you want to just get right into the story? I'm still with you know
1: with Albert Brooks here and <laughs> also I think we're gonna get into that but I'm always really like again I have to use the word concern about the haughty status of William Hurt about was it he really good actor or was he just was just him there because he was like I'm not going to say the George Clooney of the 80s, but somehow he had something about it. And so no, like,
0: he, he, it's... he, I think part of it is also that he was in so many Best Picture nominees. Yes. Like a surprising amount, like not like more than George Clooney, more than Bradley Cooper. Like he had a lot in the 80s, like a lot of back to back movies getting nominated yes. too.
1: I, I mean, and he was still in his 30s. When yeah. He filmed this, he was still like 38, 39 years old. And it's like, he already won an Oscar that this was his second. I, I guess he only has like two or three maybe Academy Award Best actual nominations. I, I think, think it's I'm four, quite I sure. think it's, it's
0: four, actually.
1: Three, four. Yeah, I know that was,
0: this he was nominated for four times. He, yeah, he was nominated three times in the 80s back to back for Children of a Lesser uh, God for this. Yes. Oh, you know, he was nominated for, this, yes, Kiss of, for Kiss of the spider Woman*. He won for
1: Kiss of the Spider-Women. He was nominated in
0: Children of a Lesser God and then he was nominated then, for a supporting actor for a history of violence. He's only in that film for like 10 minutes but oh, he was still nominated.
1: I know I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't have
0: remembered that either. That's no. Yeah.
1: I mean his career really somehow like go into a downfall if you think about it. He's not the kind of actor that you could expect to say he's in his 70s and he's still there and it's like no not because if you think about albert brooks he got his moment for bass when he was in drive back in 2012 2011 i guess but it's like no and well holly has somehow reputation but him Mm -hmm. is like "Mm, god and i'm always you know like when you watch movies about the 80s it's like he has like the three movies and i remember when he gave the award I don't remember. He gave the award to Marilyn Matlin or Marilyn Matlin gave the award. No, yeah. he gave the award to her. And he was just like pretending he was this, I don't know, effortless beauty. He had like this status of Steve McQueen, but into a more smart. And it's like, it's not working, man. It's not.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, William Hurt was a real star of the 80s. But as you're saying, Maybe he was a little overhyped.
1: I think so. But I, I think you need to know the context. It's yeah. like, maybe if he comes with that attitude today, and the fact that I don't think his acting is that much of solid, I think it wouldn't be worth the watch for the movie. Yeah. But back in the 80s, it's like, okay, that this is the kind of store system that you're expecting. Of course,
0: yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. It depends. <laughs>
1: and, and in this movie particularly, it's like, it goes well with, I mean, his attitude goes well with the movie, with the character, with, with everything. But it's yeah, like- we'll, we'll mm, get into
0: that. I don't know. We'll get into that <laughs> later. Like,
1: you're getting <laughs> yeah. with too much information.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the film actually opens up in an interesting way. You see the perspective of Aaron as a child who- That's Albert Brooks character and Jane Holly Hunter as a child, you see them both as a child and how they were both such hardworking students. And how she was like very tedious in her studies and how he was achieving success in school and became like the valedictorian of his class. But he was bullied for being a nerd and like the loser. And yes, yeah. And then and then we cut to the future. They're both adults, they're besties and they work in a news department. Jane is like this very passionate reporter. And after pre- preparing so hard to give this insightful presentation, the general audience sort of admits that they'd rather watch news that is entertaining than news that's informative. And she's so upset by this. And then, oh my, Tom Grunick, William Hurt comes to talk to her and he oh, absolutely God. loved her presentation. They quickly get along and then she learns that the news company hires him as an anchorman in the sports department. And then, like you see, like initially, the relationship is built off of the fact that he's attracted to her, but also kind of scared of her. And she's not really that capable of having emotional attraction because of how smart and and determined she is in the workforce. And that's sort of like the kicking point of the story. So, what did you think of the setup?
1: Well, I think that the beginning was pretty smart, especially the fact that how they presented the characters. It's like you already know them for the beginning, like how they ended up being there. You know, the fact that it says future News Anchor, future producer or something like that, I don't remember it exactly. And I thought it was a pretty smart way of presenting them, especially Tom's character, because it's like, it's the one that I somehow don't empathize a lot, besides a lot with him. But when I I saw that, it was like, okay, it's this cocky boy that's going to grow up and he's going to get all the women he wants. And then you start seeing how she struggles with all that, the fact that she's pretty smart and everything, that she doesn't fit in the role that she's in there because it's like it's a young woman trying to reach into this industry. I thought it was pretty great. And the fact how they introduce themselves together, how you see how she reacts with him, I think it's fantastic. But from the beginning, I have to say, I loved Aaron's character. It's yeah. like it's the one that you really need to want to know more about it it's like okay i get thomas the pretty boy but i want to see this one the smart boy the 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 one that says that he's not that when he gets bullied i remember he tells to his um to his classmates that they're not gonna make more than nineteen (laughs) thousand dollars a year and the other one says oh that sounds great (laughs) and he's like that's not great for me i think that's yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 funny, but at the same time as I'm saying, it's a smart. So yeah, it's quite enjoyable.
0: No, I think I think you're right. I think the film does a really like quick and immediate way of establishing the characters. It doesn't want to develop them so much and take a while for you to really know them. You really know them within the first five minutes. You really know them by seeing their childhood past. And I think with the character of Tom you don't really need to know his past because it was probably not that interesting. And I think that's the point of the character in that she, throughout the film, she falls more towards the attractive guy who needs to learn more rather than the one who actually really likes her and is really smart and quirky, who's much more intelligent and much more developed in this industry. And I think that the film does a really good job at presenting that. Also, weird side note, did you think that Albert Brooks' character at the beginning was gay? Because I did
1: exact same thing because it's like i actually seen it from the perspective of jane and it's like uh, you notice that he's struggling a lot to uh, somehow like get in touch with her but she's not getting it and it's like why she's not getting it because i tend to believe that she thinks he's gay his attitude how he talks uh (laughs) i mean i'm going more like in the middle of the of the movie but when he comes by with all his ties and it's like introduce him and he asks how much this mocking from uh the suit from uh, Tom costs and it's like oh and his reactions his little reactions like oh oh don't you think that the desperation will make us more attractive it's like she sees him as the gay best friend. That's what and
0: I think. It's thought. like it's okay. And and, and, yeah. and
1: his shirts, his shirts <laughs> it's like he shares with the little buttons it's like he looks so gay. <laughs>
0: Yeah it's no like, not to be stereotypical or anything but I genuinely thought that like he was openly gay too like the first time I watched this movie I thought he was gay and open about it and then like he starts trying to ask at these girls but then you realize he's kind of like the straight loser who isn't yes. like uh, he isn't like hot but he's so smart and he he's the one who really deserves the women but isn't funny. gonna get them
1: yeah and he's exactly. charming He's charming in the end. It's like, you really want to hang out with him because he's funny. You know, he's a hardworking man. And it's like, okay, nowadays for millennials, I have to say he's a dream boy. But <laughs> back at the time, I think every single person, back in the 60s, when he says that he finished high school at 15, it's like, you want to punch him in the face. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think so- it's it's one of those characters that the film... The film isn't exactly unpredictable in the way that it it showcases the dynamic, but it doesn't need to be. I don't think it would make sense if it were twisted and dark. It makes sense that it's kind of comely and nice and sweet. And even though it has moments of dramatic tension, the way that the film flows and the tone of the movie overall, I wouldn't say is comedic, but it's much more lighthearted. It's very sweet. So I really like the way that they establish these characters. They aren't exactly tropes. I think they're they're all three-dimensional
1: exactly. beings. It's real. If you think about it, it's like even when you think, okay, I know where the movie's going. And it's like this is going to happen. And in the end, no, it gets real. Something happens that you th- that you think this is real life struggle. This is someone working in this type of industry somehow is going to happen because you see how the relationships get so dynamic the relationship with the work gets so dynamic as you're seeing so it's like it's correct james l brooks is not trying to tell you something like a, typic, a typical story of something that love and anything no he's just making it real and somehow i think uh, after watching that work and right now if i think about the morning show it's like the morning show is of course based in what's happening right now in this century, but still you can say, okay, it has like certain common points with this story that is back in the eighties. It's like, nothing has changed. So I believe like, Oh, maybe if you, I don't know if it's because if you do a movie or something about a news show, it's like, it's always going to be the same thing because it's not like something's changing in the world. Yes. But they, they are so dynamic that it's what happens. And also how they show the relationships. I loved especially uh Joan Cusack's Kusak's I was gonna
0: say the scene where this the first scene where we really get to see how it all works, where they have yes. where she ha- where she gets the tape and she has to put it in 15 t- seconds. She was perfectly cast for this role, by the way. Joan Cusack is it. always perfectly cast. She is the comedic scene stealer always i cannot believe exactly. that the academy decided to nominate her for working girl and in and out because she's brilliant and both yes. and it's it's the type of the, those types of performances that usually don't get recognized at all but she is just so like i don't even know how to describe it she's just so yes. amazing with how she times it and the scene it's great so like she natural keeps so natural she keeps falling over getting hit by I everything i and her facial expression. everything, so funny. And and the baby, like, I'm so sorry. the baby in the hallway.
1: Like, <laughs> she's like bro. I loved it. I think that with five extra more minutes, she could have nailed. She should have been nominated, yeah, for best supporting actress. Yeah, I see a certain resemblance with, with now today they're praising, for example, Catherine Han. She had this thing. It's like nowadays every single person is praising because. Catherine Hannon, for example, in Wanda Bishon, had like this little moments of comedy. I think that John T. is like already had that back in the 80s. Yeah. And it's like, I think she really needed more, I don't know if a stimulus, but yes, more nominations, more anything, because yes. that's the kind of performance that you would say, this is natural. And at the same time, it's funny.
0: Yeah. And I think that, yeah, as you said, five, 10 more minutes, like she would have deserved a nomination and you have that's it like her big scene where she's just running and trying to get there. Is maybe not on the same level, but it is so funny in, in comparison to like her coffee see me in, in Working Girl, which is iconic. Yes. And then and then every scene of hers in In and Out is perfect. So I really want it. She's it's she's like exactly what, what a supporting actress in a, a comedic supporting exactly. actress should be the best part of the movie when she's on screen, and you miss her when she's not on screen. That is exactly, exactly how she is. She's brilliant. It's
1: like when you're seeing this production newsroom or anything, it's like, where is she? Because I know the old man and the old news anchor man that he's very well known and he has like a really deep voice, but I really want to see her. How is she behaving? Because she's like the stereotypical character that you could say, it's the kind of person that works in here that probably makes like less than any single person in there that she's drinking bad coffee. But it's like, I really want to see her just getting into there.
0: No, and I think that this, Performance. People loved it and wanted more of her so much that she eventually got cast in in more comedic roles. I think this actually Probably. boosted her. So that's just amazing. Yeah, she's and she also elevates really
1: like Holly Hunter's. Yes, their
0: their relationship is like strangely it's compelling. <laughs> when she
1: said, when she congratulates her and Holly Hunter, I mean Jane makes like she's throating herself. I loved it. It's like Me too. that's exactly where I loved it. It's like. You see these little moments that they don't even need to talk, but they are amazing in it. Especially Mm. for women. I think uh, women performing comedy, comedian roles somehow, like not trying to be like the pretty friend or anything, just trying to be real and funny at the same time. I love it. That's it.
0: Yes. She does the same thing in Working Girl, but even more. Yes. (laughs) And And I love the hair. (laughs) Oh, her hair is always...
1: Oh, it's so 80s. I loved it. So 80s, but without being fluffy or anything, just to, that's how natural. It,
0: it feels so authentic to the time, but it's also ridiculous to look back on it. I, love I it.
1: loved it.
0: Yeah. And then just moving on with the plot, the next sort of 30 minutes of the movie, 40 minutes. Um, so you see the relationship develop more. So Aaron and Jane, they go to Nicaragua. They report on an attack that happens there with shootings and like that's what like their next news show is going to be about they're they're preparing for it they're writing about it they're filming to prepare for it and then there is a party where all the people who work there are attending and mm-hmm. it's devastating because Tom who isn't really experienced in this field is asked to be the reporter he's asked to be the broadcaster for this when Aaron is the one who clearly should be because he's more experienced and then this is the beginning of his alcoholism and how like really the beginning of the relationship that Jane desperately wants with uh, Tom even though he's dating someone and how Aaron sort of falls between the cracks and isn't able to achieve success in this department as much as he wants to and how his friendship with Jane sort of goes downhill for a moment. So what did you think of this portion of the film?
1: I love the fact that you're actually starting to feel the pain of Aaron. Because at first, it's like, you know that he's smart. You know that he's a person, he's the most prepared person. But at the same time, he doesn't have the looks for saying it some way. So you start seeing that, how someone just for being pretty or for, yes, for being more like the kind of man that you expect to see on screen telling delivering you the news, he doesn't get the chance to having something, like to having the, I'm not going to say the chance, but yes, for having the chance to be the presentator, because he's the one, when he starts telling, I mean, when he starts talking Spanish, and you see that he's really charming when he has the opportunity, it's like, I loved it, and because you're actually seeing, I mean, they're telling you some things, some news that are really strong news really hurt to digest I, I believe especially at that time and it's like he's the most prepared he's the person right for the job and jane knows it and i know i loved how she has to balance the fact that she's a producer she really wants to keep her job and she really wants she really wants to demonstrate how good she is but at the same time she's at two levels she wants to help her friend but she has to work with this person that at the same time, you know that she likes Tom. It's like how she she has to balance. I loved it. It's like you, I mean, you have to, it's like choose your fighter. You want to know which side you as a spectator want to be. If you want to see it from Jane's perspective, you see how she has to balance and you understand her. But if you see it from Aaron's perspective, you know how he's struggling. He's losing his job to someone Because of something that is pretty shallow. It's not something for personality. It's just for looks. And I just loved it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Spot on. (laughs) Well done there. I
1: loved it.
0: I just, I love how also like, you know, that Jane is someone who her whole life is very studious and on top of things and very task, occupation oriented. And maybe Tom is like this new path for her. Tom might be the first person who she's ever really fallen in love with. And because she's, I mean, yeah, and and maybe because Aaron is someone who she's always thought of as such a good friend, someone who's such a good work partner, she sadly hasn't been able to fall in love with him, hasn't understood that friendship can lead to romance, whereas she just thinks Tom is so handsome and attractive, where you get this interesting inherent mental conflict where she's like, hmm, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep working with my my best friend who I love so much? But I have a new opportunity in my life I I'm seeing something I've never seen before that everyone describes as the most wonderful thing and that's falling in love with someone. Am I going to pass up on that to uh, miss the opportunity to be with the person who I know will do a better job it's just such a struggling conflict And, and you see her struggle a lot with it you understand that this isn't a difficult decision and because the film yeah. is so good at placing you in the headspace of the character you feel that struggle too like I don't know what I would choose because if you watch this movie you're like just just work with Aaron, obviously but if I were in her position like would I work with Aaron? like I wouldn't exactly.
1: know what to do <laughs> exactly because as you were saying I mean she's pretty studious and it's like her whole life depends on her work on how, I, I mean, if you start thinking about it, probably she got out of co- of college and then she landed this job and how she's struggling. And I mean, if I start thinking, Holly Hunter was under thirties. So it's like, you get till that time, back in when you're getting into your thirties that you want something else and you understand her. She's getting into this man that is like is this, I'm not gonna say, I, I mean, yes, he was like somehow haughty back in the eighties. I, I, once again, he's not my type. I would prefer Albert Brooks. But he's (laughs) he's and she's like I'm not gonna say Holly Hunter is an ugly actress, but she's not a ten if you think about it. So she's not a sex
0: symbol. She's pretty, but she isn't. She doesn't But she doesn't need to be known for her look. She's a great actress.
1: But but it's fit for this character. It's like you see Jane. That it's this kind of woman that she's not interested in how she looks, how she dresses. You're not seeing her like trying to be sexy or anything. It's like she's focused on her job. And she sees this man and it's like, okay, I'm having the chance of my life. He, I have to work with him. But at the same time, he's interested in me. So what I have to do, it's not, I mean, it's like, you cannot decide. It's pretty easy to see it from this perspective and saying, oh, you have to choose Aaron or anything. But try to think if you were in that situation. And I love that. I love that game that you have in it. It's like, what could you do? And it's yeah. like, no she chooses something okay but then life it's like it's getting her into a different position and it just, I just I really think that's that's pretty real once again
0: yeah and you really see that in the scenes where uh, in the nighttime after she's done working where she's still thinking about work like do I want to go out with Aaron or do I want go out, to go out with Tom it's a really good distinction yeah but um, I also think- say she-
1: when I know I I was actually thinking that scene where she's with Aaron and she is actually expected to meet Tom. Mm. And it's like what do I have to do? If I leave him, he's I mean, he's really bad. He's not having a great moment. He's losing his job. He's really bad for what happened uh, about the whole sweating thing. But at the same time it's like, is this man gonna gonna keep like expecting me? What what do I do? Because maybe yes, she Tries to say, okay, I want to do what I really want to do, and that it's being went down. But what will happen tomorrow when Aaron is like having a massive attack or anything? And it's yeah. like it's it's life itself.
0: Yeah, it really is. I think the way it portrays his alcoholism also isn't stereotypical. It really does it quietly, yeah. quickly. It doesn't. It isn't sappy about it in a way no. that most Hollywood productions are. It, it doesn't want to make you pity the character. I never no. felt depressed when I was watching my net because you know that she's going to help him. As I said, it's not necessarily unpredictable and striking in the turns that it makes. Well, exactly one turn that it makes later on with the, the piece that Tom creates. We'll get into that later. That was shocking. Yes. But, but yes. this moment where it's, it's touching on his alcoholism and the deterioration of their friendship, it does so in a way that's like easy it does it in a way that's quick. It doesn't emotionally drag. No.
1: Exactly. It doesn't like you don't have like one scene after another one where you are seeing him or just getting into the newsroom showing how bad he is. It's like more like an interior problem. You understand that because of what Aaron is suffering somehow, he's losing control. So he decides to get into alcohol. So it's like, OK, I really get it. And you understand that he has some hard support that is jane that is his best friend so it's like i really like the fact that uh it shows you in a very deep and personal way but not trying to be like an oscar bite it's like oh having a scene that you say okay other Brooks is gonna get an oscar for this no it just makes it real and natural how a person manages to lose control without actually losing control to every single person around, just for itself, it's it's somehow like a way of getting into like I'm not gonna say in Spanish would be like this how I don't know how to say it exactly in English, but it's like okay, I'm having a problem. This is my solution for a couple of minutes, and that's it. And that's how it shows me. That's right. Let's let's get into something else. And then you're going to keep saying, "Okay, what's going on with Aaron?" and just things keep getting work for him. Yeah,
0: I think you, you stated that really nicely in that maybe the reason why he didn't win is because he didn't have a scene where he was drunk and he screamed and cried. I mean, there was that argument scene between Penehaly Hunter, but that wasn't like that big on his part. She was really the one who was loud I'm saying like if he had a scene that he was going. Going for it, maybe he would like, have won. But I'm so glad it didn't, because then it would like have felt like Oscar bait.
1: <laughs> yes, or something. It would be like they were doing a copycat to Peter Finch with the whole discourse of "I'm at as hell." You could start thinking about it, and like he's losing, he's really losing control, and it didn't really. Actually, it didn't fit exactly with Aaron. I don't think Aaron would ever actually act no. that way
0: because the I, character I think that of he was, yeah. The character of Howard Beale is very angry and loud all the time. So yes. it felt believable because it made sense that there was something he would do. But if you had a scene in this where he just went insane, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't.
1: No. And, and I like that the film. He's not a desperate character if you no. start thinking about it. Howard no. Beale was actually a desperate man, a man that the only thing he had left in his life was that. But Aaron was still a man like in his mid 30s. So it's like, you know, he maybe this is like something bad for him in his life. But it's like, it's not the friends. He had people that actually care about him and he actually knows it. And he's a pretty smart person. So, and then you see it. I mean, I don't want to spoil the ending, but then you see that it's like, he knows, he's conscious about it. Just he's having a bad moment. And I think that's perfect.
0: Yeah. I I think this film does a good job at not trying to make the audience feel sentimental because you know that he's losing control but it doesn't shove it in your face and I think that's what we both really like about his
1: arc yes exactly (laughs) and I was actually trying to think about the fact that well James L. Brooks didn't win anything about it but I think that with his next film I don't know if it was exactly his next film but I think that his mo his next most nominated film back in the Oscars like he had these moments that in here in broadcast news he doesn't have and then he has those moments. And that's why it won like four, I don't know, four, no, I know two, but maybe three Oscars. It's because of that.
0: As good as it gets.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But you know that he has those moments. Yeah. Especially, and I know it's going to hurt, but with Greg Kinnear. I mean, he had with Helen Hunt, but Greg Kinnear had also had those moments. But they fit correctly with Greg.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it fit as correctly with Helen Hunt, which was the problem. No, there's and, and that, the, the thing. I, I love Terms of Endearment and I love Shirley McLean's performance, but you do see yes. it a little bit in that movie. a little Like more than that. This is more subtle than that.
1: Yes. And I, and I also think that what happens to me is like, I think Holly Hunter in here, she's, I mean, her tone of voice, but I, her natural tone of voice, it's like a little bit like way too much for me. It's yeah. like sometimes you're hearing her and it's like, can you please stop screaming? And she's not screaming that at why, all. That's-
0: is, is that why you're grateful for the piano because she doesn't talk in that movie.
1: Exactly, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Holly Hunter. But it's exactly my main thing. And also in that miniseries, that top of the leg, it's like she had like her child voice. I don't know maybe because she's more mature or anything. It's like, okay, it sounds pretty well. But in here, you, you start like hearing her like she's, I'm not going to say screaming, but she has like, but you understand it fits perfectly with the character. If she had Mm -hmm. like one scene where she had to scream a lot and having like an attack, I would be like, okay, oh my God, you're not even getting nominated for this. Or maybe you're getting way too nominated because of that. (laughs) And that's something that happens with Shirley MacLaine. I think she's perfect in it because I think Shirley MacLaine is, and especially back in the 70s, 60s, she was like sensitive with her tone voice, with her emotions. So it's like, that's why as a main character uh, works pretty well
0: yeah I think Holly Hunter she's screaming throughout the whole movie she's never quiet and then screams really big in one scene and then back to quiet it makes sense that she has these big scenes because it's believable that she is this type of character she is a loud person she needs to say everything that she's thinking that's how she operates
1: Yes, it's the kind of character that always has like her nerves out all the time. It's like she's yes. always reacting about everything. It's like someone is always attacking her, and you understand because perfectionist. It's of, exactly, but it's part of her job. Also, when she has this this whole hamburger scene where she actually tries to go to get the love of her life with Tom, and Tom is actually with this other model type of person. To, what's her name? Jennifer, I think it was. the Yeah, character's I think Jennifer's her
0: name. Oh yeah, because Jennifer. she she I remember. She wanted Jennifer to go to Alaska because she wanted to see. <laughs> she wanted loved to see it. Tom.
1: I did have them. Every single one of us would have done the exact same thing. Of course, of And I loved it. I love, it. It's like, I love it's how it's she so was savage. just. No, she was
0: just dozing off about something random, and they're like, "So, who do you think should go to Alaska?" She's like, "Oh, Jennifer, of Jennifer. course.
1: That's <laughs> it. She's perfect. She's gonna love the weather. It's so for her. It's like I, I just loved it. It's like, it's like you know. She said Jennifer, but actually." thinking what she's thinking, what's going on in her mind. And you think that if someone asked, asks her, okay, why Jennifer is the right fit for it? And she would say, okay, because of the weather, she's going to love it. She has this model. Yeah, she little, needs like, to do
0: a new story. Like it'll be great for I her think, job. I
1: think she would have like a whole speech, <laughs> a whole thesis on why Jennifer would be the perfect fit. And none of those like things that yeah. she would say to justify, would include Tom. And he just loved it. It's like, that's, the kind of revenge that you expect from someone like Jane.
0: Yeah, that's the character she is because it makes sense that everything in her head is calculated. She knows the answer to everything. I and, and I think that's impressive. Like that's like what you like about her so much. But then you're also able to you know critique her or showcase her more flawed aspects when it comes to emotional uh, situations yes. or, or relationships. So it's a, it's a nice balance. I, I really appreciate it. I think, I think it works really well
1: i loved it especially because it's like you know uh i somehow you you can justify her decisions on a professional level maybe not in a personal level and i loved it it's because she when it comes to her job she's always knows how to get control and how to actually show justify what she's doing to every single person to her peers to her superiors to every single one in there but when it comes to taking more deep and personal decisions she's like like every single person, like a teenager, she doesn't know how to act because she has never been in there in something that she cannot control. And I'd love the, uh, once again, I love the balance.
0: Yeah, me too. And I think that within the next segment of the movie, she isn't as prominent. Of course, she's still driving the story, but it is more focused on how she views Tom and Aaron. So this is Aaron, like trying to recover from his alcohol phase. And he really wants to report again he really wants to be on the news again he thinks he's still worthy and she's like of course like I'll give you another chance of course he flops he doesn't do a very good job and then it puts Tom in the higher power when before that the reason why he did it is because he sort of gets jealous of Tom because Tom creates a piece on rape and how people who you know can still rape you people who you're comfortable with can still rape you and this tape is like supposed to be very emotional and Tom is shown crying in the story and even though they aren't necessarily impressed with it as a piece of media Jane still finds it very emotional and she still finds it intriguing so this is when Tom starts to rise in power in the job and Aaron really starts to sink and then of course he sinks even more when he tries to kiss her and tries to tell her that he's in love with her and she's just not having it and that was this, that was really the downfall of his character and the upbringing of Tom as a character. So what did you think of this next segment of the film?
1: I think about the fact that I, the very first thing that you see like Aaron and its professional level is when he goes with, uh, with the what's like military revolutionaries or something. He starts talking Spanish and you know how political he gets. I mean, not that he says anything political, but you actually understand how much he actually had prepared for that job and how much he actually cared for it and how much he actually cares about delivering news and deliver it, being truthful to what he's doing. So I loved it. I, I loved how he shows and then you see how like nobody gets it. It's like, okay, that's it. It's like when you see news today. It's like politicals, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But then you see tom doing this segment that is so emotional, and he gets Way too much. Like people, are, the people that he works, especially Jane. I, I love that shot that they, they they do when you know they're watching the segment that he does about the rapists and anything, and the woman starts crying and anything, and they just close it to Holly Hunter and she's like crying and it's like just two minutes of something that of course is very emotional and it's very sad and it's very savage, and they get way too much like. They get it way too much in there, rather right? than all the job that Aaron did. Just because this man actually did a segment with a woman that is actually having a bad moment, and it's like you tend... I get furious a little bit with it. I get mm. furious. Well, because you get furious
0: I'm, knowing what happens later.
1: Exactly. Yes. Well, more furious about it. But it's like when that happens, it's like of course not now in the ending. You you think. He's actually gonna get with it, he's gonna get with everything he wants just because of an emotional segment. And this other man, because actually, because of an emotional moment, Aaron is gonna get bad. It's like you just cannot get it. You actually want uh Tom's character to get hit by a, by a bus because of that, yeah. It's like I i can't, and, and it's like you're putting into in the middle, they just trying to sack and tell Jane what are you doing you you have seen all the job that all the effort that Aaron had ever done and you're choosing him just because I mean it's just because the public of course is gonna loved it because you think like oh my god we have this presentator who has emotions who is so able to sit with a big team and is gonna talk to her and it's gonna get all his emotions and her emotions and it's it's like oh my god, what where are we going with this movie? uh
0: yeah, for sure, but I
1: think it I think it's perfectly writing also all this sport, how you know that you had like those political moments that are I mean, I'm not gonna say pretty smart, but yeah, it's for people that actually understand what is going on, and then you have this moment that is just emotion without being you know like crying or anything i mean crying for the public of course the woman is crying the victim is crying but it's like you see the person in the air and it's like okay he wins this one and it's just oh my god what is going on
0: yeah and then when when aaron walks into the room while they're all watching into this like what is going on they're all like shut up like we love this like they're so emotionally invested yeah i think if you realize it the the case that aaron was working with sure it probably wasn't as interesting or as emotional as a rape case that like that's something that the public is going to connect with more but at the same time part of me thinks if Aaron did that it wouldn't have been as sensitive or as attracting to Jane she wouldn't have found it as compelling because she knows that he could do something like that easily but when when it's with Tom, she's so impressed, she's wowed, she's in tears, wow, oh my god, the love and of I, my life,
1: yes. and
0: it's, and it's don't like- And I do
1: think it could be an idea, it's like, I don't even think that Arnold had ever crossed in his mind to do this kind of segment. No, because if he's it, too it, smart like,
0: for that, he's way no, above exactly. that. No, exactly,
1: it's like, why would I actually want to know, it's, I'm not gonna say, like, he's gonna say, oh, every single day someone is getting raped, unfortunately, yes, but it's like, he's gonna say, something political is way too much- bigger going on when he starts talking about uh, NATO or anything. It's like, okay, this is a great story. Yes, this is the great story, but it's just not a news that is going to sell, or it's not going to a news that is going to make the public to actually be watching it. It's yeah. like, no. And yeah. once again, he's not attractive enough. And, and I'm not saying only about looks. He's not attractive about like his voice, like how he actually talks with a victim, because he's not used to it when he talks with this revolutionaries. He talks like, oh, you really talk well Spanish. Oh, and you talk really well English. And that's it. That's the way that he connects. That's the way he makes relationship and dialogues. And that's it. And Tom is at another level. He tries to be charming. That's what he does. He's charming. Yeah. He's seductive for, sure. for saying it some way. And you see it from the very beginning when he, when, he's with, when he's a child and he's with oh, his father. Oh, yeah. And then he delivers the him.
0: speech at, as the valedictorian of his oh. class.
1: And then he says, would you sign this for me? And that's it.
0: Yeah. I think that if you think about it as well, like both Jane and Aaron, like they're on such similar wavelengths. Of course, Jane is more calculated. She's more ferocious in the way she works. But if you were to put Jane, as you said, if you put, if I said, if you were to put Aaron in it too, but if you were to put Jane as a reporter, it wouldn't work either because she lacks that emotion. Whereas the hot star, the one that everyone's going to be attracted to. You see I, him, you see yes. him vulnerable and they're all just in love. Like this exactly. is going to attract And then people are going to see that. And they're going to be like, Ooh, that guy was hot. I want to, and that story was emotional. I want to watch this news channel more and more. So she realizes that sure. Uh, Aaron might be the one that is better to hire. Maybe she's the one, maybe he's the one that of course, like I'm better friends with, he's smarter, but Tom is going to bring in more sales and I don't know if she cares so much about sales, especially not compared to Faye network, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that part of it is like, she cares so much about this work. She really loves her job. Her job is her. So I think it's, I think it's this interesting dynamic where all three of them have such strong personalities, but not all three of them but all three of them also lack things that are, and they they all kind of need each other. I really got that vibe that all three of them needed each other, even if they didn't love each other all the time. And that was kind of,
1: that was compelling. No, but it's because of what you mentioned about, uh, actually I was getting into two ideas, but the first one is you mentioned that Tom shows a little bit more of how vulnerable he can be. And he shows it on screen. I know later this like, just downfalls anything. Yeah, we can talk but about that at, in a minute. <laughs> yes, but at the, at that moment, it's like you see him, and I and I think about it. It's like you're in your house watching the news, and you see this press this presenter, like somehow like anchorman, but being charming, and then at the same time showing a vulnerable person, and putting like himself in that position, like trying to understand the struggle of the other of the of the big team. And it's like, you loved it. I'm not going to say it solves, but yes, it's something that is worth watching. It's the type of television you want to watch. Someone who actually has emotions. And it, probably if you've seen Aaron or Jane, they're going to say, I bet if Jane were in that position, she could be like, oh, no, can you please stop crying? This is not good if you put it on TV. <laughs> and it's like, because she doesn't understand it. And I think that at this moment, you really understand that the movie is trying to be focused about balance, that life has to have balance at all levels. And you that's why all cal- these people
0: are going to interact because they balance exactly. each other out.
1: They balance each other, especially if you see Jane. I, I love because Jane is so calculated, as you actually mentioned before. And the both of them, especially Aaron, is like he's on the other extreme. And Thomas somehow is on the other extreme. One is very professional, the other one is pretty much like romantic. And it's like she's in the middle of it. And you and you actually know how all of them don't hate each other. Because that's what I also love. It's like Aaron never actually has like a fight, like a really big fight with Tom. Yeah. He It's like they're all at the same... They don't actually end up understanding each other. Because I bet that Tom actually kind of thinks that Aaron likes Jane. Even though I think that he also probably guess that Aaron is somehow gay or anything but it's like they don't hate each other they don't hate each other at any single moment because they're coworkers. they I'm not gonna say they want the other to go well with his life but yeah they're not competing I, I mean Aaron and Tom are competing but I think that Tom but indirectly
0: it's not yeah
1: exactly but I think that Tom for example is not quite sure how much he's competing with Aaron and Aaron at the same time so it's like, I, I like that. They don't show you billions or enemies. They show you just people just trying to, yes, live their lives. Yeah.
0: It's a really wonderful showcase. And, th- and this is sort of the climax of ups and downs for all their characters. This segment of the movie is really when you see the climaxes of the characters. And I think it does a great yes. job. And you also have, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, that, that great scene that I actually thought was kind of romantic where you have her feeding the lines of dialogue to Tom and he's saying it and like you see them collaborating so well and that's also part of it because it puts you in the position of her like in this very moment like I'm so attracted to him oh my god I love him and you're not really thinking about what I'm supposed to do with Aaron so it's this really great moment but in the back of your head that that isn't crossing your mind so you really understand her perspective every second of this movie which is not something I expected to say
1: No, and how Tom uh, keeps uh, calling and saying things and he's using the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's very prepared and he knows the problem and he keeps calling her and saying, oh, you have to do this and you have to do this other. I just loved it. It's like it's a very long scene if you think about it, because it's like when Aaron gets, uh, I'm sorry, Tom gets a present and then you have Aaron. and then you have, of course, Jane's in the middle. And I love that you show it, how the movie shows her always in the middle of something.
0: Mm, yeah. But she kind of likes that. That's Jane is, Jane is, a, wait, did you say Jane is always in the middle or Aaron?
1: I think Jane is always in the middle.
0: Yeah. Jane is always in the middle, but she kind of likes that. She's at her most yes. at ease. She's at her best when she's in a chaotic situation.
1: Yes. Actually, the the Peter, I think it was the name of the, you know, like the old man that is, I actually read that he was actually a real life to be journalist or something. He said, I never knew that she was really good.
0: And oh, it's yeah. like, yes,
1: when something is more chaotic, she's great because she loves chaos. She loves how and she's able good to she she's
0: able to pin everything in that moment down.
1: Yes. And she's screaming. You know that she's screaming in the back, like, oh my God. Like, I think it, every single producing company, it's like when you... When you go to, to the theater and you know that, uh, you know, like backstage, every single person is screaming and just going running backwards, but you as an, expert, as an spectator, just don't see that. You see the final product. And with this, it's exact same thing. They, yeah. they never show you actually what the public is seeing, but you know that, I mean, because of so how chaotic the backstage is, you know, how good the final product is going to be. And this is what happens. And you see her like in this orchestra because she's like the director of an orchestra just going, yes, no, yes, no, or anything. Screaming and no and this and just calling Tom to say this or say something. And I actually loved, I think it's very romantic, but I loved the moment that she starts screaming to him and he's not talking Oh to yeah, her And then anything. he's like,
0: I could hear I'm you joking. the whole time. I'm just joking. Yeah, that was a really and it's good... like,
1: "Oh, yeah, It's really good because it's like, it's also a way of saying just keep it easy I know you're not gonna like be easy with it but it's like he's like saying I trust you just it's okay even if you're gonna be screaming he's gonna take everything in control so it's like I think those like 10 seconds of Tom were his best
0: yeah for sure I think uh, that you mentioned like she's the conductor of the orchestra she but the thing is the instruments, everything else about the orchestra, they don't realize that they're chaotic. She realizes that they're all chaotic she and knows. she feeds into it, but is able to control it. And it's brilliant.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, uh, especially when, when it's Aaron's turn that she's not there and it's like, it gets more chaotic. I think because she's not there. If she were there trying to, you know, just keep it control. I think Aaron didn't have flopped or anything. I, I mean, he was sweating and he was probably going to keep sweating. But, you know, when she tries to tell him, oh, it wasn't that bad. And she's talking to Tom she said, like, no, Tom says it was not bad. And Tom was like, it's, it was the worst thing. And, and I mean, Aaron yeah. at that stage knows. Because, you know, when you're doing something and the thing that you're doing is really, really bad. You know it. Even if someone tells you, no, it's not that bad. Actually, when someone tells you it's not that bad, it's because it's worse it than was it, it was more than bad. So, yeah. but I really, I, I really love that that uh how she cares for him.
0: Yeah, because and you she, and you care for him. I felt bad for him in that moment.
1: Yes, but I, I mean, you expect it, if it were, of course. I mean, Diana Christensen, Diana would have said, <laughs> you know, what you have done. It was the worst. I don't know why you're still here. Well, Diana even. She didn't have friends at all but with jane it's like you understand that he i mean both of them but in that moment you understand how much she cares and how much like it Aaron means for her as a friend and it's like i don't want you to feel bad for it and i don't want you to keep thinking about this
0: yeah so i, I really I...
1: like that
0: I was mentioning how like Jane lacks emotion and then how she's like trying to build up to that. But when you compare her to Diana Christensen, she is mm-hmm. like a, a soap opera because Diana Christensen is no emotion, zero, absolutely nothing. Zero. So I, I think comparing the two movies is a, is a little unfair because they're so different in their yes. approach. The only thing they have in common is that they take place in the newsroom. The way yes. that they're structured is so different that I really can't compare them at all.
1: No, I love the fact that if you start thinking about it, it's like the same structure. And and it's something that I feel, for example, now that I'm watching the morning show, it's like, it's the same structure, but you just change one character or even one emotion of the character, one situation, one something, one age, and it changes completely. And I yeah. loved it. It's like, it makes it so dynamic. Even if you think, if I see network, if I see broadcast news, and if I see the morning show and I just change, you know, the... The, the, the years if I say okay broadcast news was made nowadays Network back in the 80s and the morning show in the 70s it's like it could fit perfectly and I love that it's yeah like,
0: well uh, if it's, you take out some obvious like technological advancements and and yes, modern of way of, of dialogue we wouldn't I have see been what using, you're saying
1: we wouldn't <laughs> have a like you know uh Joan Cusack running all over with a oh. <laughs> with a videotape but if you think about it, it's like those things will always happen. I mean, like uh, things that you cannot control, things that just... Even when they you have like, all the technology... Time. Exactly. Or even if you... Okay, if I were working as a journalist or something, and I could see all those TV shows or, or all these movies, I didn't say, okay, if I have no emotions, I'm going to be like this producer. No, you're not going to be like that. It's yeah. like you you have to... Create your own character. Once again, create your own adventure. And I love that. It's like, it, it's not unidimensional. You're seeing people that are, once again, three-dimensional, real. Someone I can say, okay, that's my neighbor, or that's me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if you're talking about like the generational thing of like you have mm-hmm. like the morning show for now, and then you have the broad network for the 70s, broadcast news for the 80s. I think it's interesting because you you also have like the insider for the 90s or good night and good luck for the 2000s. Yes. So, they're, so they're really, and the thing is like, as you said, the structure, the basis, the location is the same, but because one events over time have changed so much and culture has changed so much over time that they, they feel so separate. And two, like the character dynamics in each of these movies is so different and you can, you can do so much with it. So it always feels authentic It never feels like yeah. it's, it's trying yes. to copy network or it's trying to be network at all.
1: No. And I love the fact that, as you, as you say, it's authentic because it's also very social. It's also very personal. It's not like, especially because there are movies, well, in the case of The Morning Show, a uh, TV show, that it tries to land awards. I mean, you yeah. know, Network won an Oscar, Brockett News was nominated the morning Show somehow is Sunday Orbit. The Insider
0: was nominated. Good night and good luck yeah, was
1: nominated. Exactly. Or you think the newsroom was also nominated. But it's like, I mean, the newsroom is a little bit more political and you get into there. But in here, it's like you're not getting into, okay, Arn is going with Colombians and they're talking about natural. No, they're trying to show you how they behave as people. They're not like, I'm saying they're not politics. They're not analysts. They're journalists. They're reporters your producers, they're trying to deliver the news. So at the same time, you see those, as I'm saying, like the director from an orchestra, but how they behave without actually caring. I mean, as I'm saying, they're not trying to show you like this political movie that you're going to like turn off the movie or just getting out of the cinema and trying to keep saying, oh my God, what this has happened in Colombia, what ha- just had happened in Europe. No, you're trying to see from the very personal And the social, the social, yes, somehow the social perspective of how these people have to behave, being professional, but at the same time, like not getting into the news, like just getting into how you deliver them and how they get into the emotions of trying to connect everything. And just really like, it's pretty enjoyable to see.
0: Yeah, it's a character drama. I think aside from the rape story, no other, all the other stories that they talk about, all the other news stories, they could be completely different and the movie would be the exact same because you don't exactly. you couldn't you couldn't give two shits about the vietnam or about what what aaron exactly. talked about it doesn't matter to the story no. i mean the only one that does matter is like the date rape one but that's a whole other part of the exactly film. but but what i'm saying is that you don't need to care about that because the movie is so know. driven on this on the characters that you don't care about the actual events that are happening. You care about the way that these characters are functioning as a group. And it's a really wonderful thing.
1: You really, exactly. You really need to understand how they are delivered, not the news itself. It's not testing your knowledge. It's not trying to say, okay, do you know what's happened in Vietnam? Or how you know, or it's just emotions. Even actually, when you mentioned Vietnam, I was trying, because I was always very focused on especially what Aaron was saying. But at that moment, when they're trying to they have the soldier that probably has like ocd uh and no post traumatic ocd no he has post traumatic disorder and PCSD. it's like yes you don't actually try to say okay poor man what happened i mean of course you, you understand that but once again it's not tasting your knowledge about your conflict it's not centered in that So that's, I think that's why the movie, because if you've seen it, it's two hours and 10, two hours, 15 long. I mean, it's a really long movie. And it just passes by really quickly because it doesn't concentrate in one simple act. It concentrates on how, on life. That's it.
0: With three characters, yeah. I think if you just like to wrap up the story of the film itself, well, we could talk about the twist. So the Mm. next segment of the movie So they're not officially dating dating, but they do agree because Tom gets accepted to go to England to work as a news reporter there. And, and she gets moved up in a position here and they agree. We're going to, we're going to take a vacation together before we drift away. Like, this will be great. And then, uh, I think it was, was it Aaron who told her that? Was it
1: Aaron? Yeah. So
0: Aaron was like, go rewatch the tapes about the rape case. And she does. She she rewinds. She's looking through it, and she's just devastated because it was staged. He was faking the crying. He wanted. He he. Ed- it was edited to make it look more emotional yeah. and realistic. And then she's just devastated. And
1: it he leaves without like a her. At, at first, yeah, when no, he and and as an audience
0: him, member, we'll obviously, as an audience member, obviously, it's not like yes, he he's not against. He's he's uh, not standing with these issues no like he still is it's just also kind of cathartic because you realize after all this time after seeing aaron struggle for so long that he was finally right he finally did something that that allowed her to see that maybe maybe looks aren't everything maybe this whole thing of falling in love for the first time is is, maybe she's she should focus on her job maybe that's where she belongs yes or maybe this this is not a man man. yeah exactly this is not a
1: man and also how important knowing the facts. important truth it is it's like i've seen the very first time that aaron actually stood up for himself and said okay this is what i know and i had to say to you and it's like how important when he says the truth and actually daniel makes such a big drama about it it's like he tells the truth aaron tells tells her the truth just watch the tapes it's like face the facts this is not the man that you actually want to i don't know live the rest of your life with but it's like he's not the man but he yeah. also is like he he gave you a lesson somehow, a life lesson, and I loved it. And it's like a life lesson for all of them: for Tom mm-hmm. to not trying to mock or anything, for Jane to not trying to trust the first charming man she meets, and for Aaron to actually stood up for himself and being a man, being a grown up. Go.
0: It concluded, and nicely. I loved it. No, and I also think this might be weird of me. Maybe I just saw this strangely. But even when you saw her realizing what he did, I still didn't entirely hate Tom. Like, I I wasn't, like, so against him. Maybe I should have been. Maybe that was just me. But I still didn't feel like I had this sudden hatred for him. Of course, like, I love that the film is, like, critiquing this type of thing that's going on. I mean, that's important. But I also realized, like, one, this was good for her to realize. And two, he really was trying to get her to love him. He, he really wanted to exactly. be close with her. So I didn't entirely hate his character. I didn't think he was a trash human being.
1: No, that's that's something I, I really like. And actually about all the plot lines from James L. Brooks, it's like, he doesn't show you a villain like a villain. It's not like a bad character. It's not that you could say, okay, this is a good, this is a bad, no, it's just people, you really need to face the facts of every single person how actually they behave because of the whole life. And that's very important because, I mean, th- that's what I makes you, like, think it was really worth the very first five minutes w- where he introduces the three characters when they were, like, teenagers. Because you understand how they would behave. And you know that, Tom, I love because you actually comprehend when Tom calls his dad and said, this is the very first time that I think that I'm... I mean, he calls his dad and he says, like, I really know that I can do this job, something like that, he says. It's like, you know that he really struggled his whole life to fit into something, to be good at something, not just about being charming. So it's like, you understand that maybe, I I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. Um, Yes, he's actually doing something fake, what he did, but it's like, you cannot actually blame him. It's like, if I were in your position, maybe I could have act that way, because I it's like, you see him trying... To change, I'm not gonna say change his his work or anything, but just trying to change what it has given to him. If I do this little thing that it's a lie, maybe I'm gonna be better at my job, and at the same time, I'm gonna get, I'm I'm gonna like somehow win this woman that I actually care about. Was it bad? Yes, it's bad. I, I mean, if I were seeing that, it's like okay, I understand. But of course, for Jane, who's actually a very calculating person, a person that actually cares about truth and about deliberate news or being truthful to her job, that was bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, like in the end, you realize that you don't truly hate any of these people. They're all given all their right no. chances. They all have great character arcs. And the yes. film allows you to see every dimension Of all three of them. And I think that's what we've been saying this whole time, in that they're really layered characters. None of them are one note tropes. Okay, maybe Joan Cusack is a one note trope, but she's also in it for five minutes and she should be a one note trope because that's exactly what she is and she's still believable in it. So, because it's a supporting role.
1: It's a, like it's a, a really it's supporting, very,
0: role. very, very supporting.
1: <laughs> and he loved it because I read a tweet back in these days, you know, with the the Oscar clips uh, Twitter account, which oh I yes. think is marvelous. Oh, the best. Uh, when he actually, I mean, tweeted the the clip from Rachel McAdams in Spotlight, and you know, it's a very bizarre somehow like nomination. I actually liked it. The nomination, it was worth. I think that yeah, Rachel McAdams and Andrew
0: She should have been nominated for Mean Girls.
1: (laughs) Yes, and for Disobedience, she's really good in it. But I mean, Rachel, what I love is that someone tweeted saying, why she gets all the hate? She was a supporting role. It wasn't meant to be like a life-changing character of the film. And I loved it. And I think that's the same thing with John Fusick. It's the kind of character that you want to see for five, ten minutes because it's refreshing to see her on, on screen. But you don't expect to have like a major plot line in the movie and that's exactly yeah. what you expect into a supporting role yeah but we're a we're real so real
0: supporting role
1: exactly because we're i mean we're so used to having like this uh, problem i don't remember category what, fraud what they, and exactly the category fraud so we're always watching like supporting roles that actually are main characters or other actors. way around exactly early that happens the same thing so when you actually see a really really supporting role it's like you get like oh but she's not doing anything i mean i'd love to watch it but she's not doing anything but But that's kind of the
0: point yeah that's your first supporting role when i used to watch this film and think that jane was the lead well holly hunter was the lead and both albert brooks and Um, William Hurt were I thought they were both supporting and there is an argument for that but I now think that they're all leads because sure she is the lead it's her story I think both of them are they're they are also like supporting her in the story too so again like that is a very compelling argument that both of them are supporting yes but I consider all three of them leads. I think she's the lead the other two are like Albert Brooks is a lead William Hurt is a lead and I think exactly. the reason why I say that is because they they have s- such developed arcs. They're so important to the story. The story would not happen at all without either of them. They are the reason why the story happens. You take out exactly. either of the two, the movie doesn't exist at all. So I, I consider both of them to be leads while she is the prominent lead. It, it's her story, but they are so heavily involved. They you don't really see their you're not really in their headspace, which is why I'm saying she's just so much more important than them. No. But they're they're like just as relevant to making this film exist. So I exactly. think that I think all three of them are leading characters.
1: They have like their their own script. They have their own plot line. If you actually separate them, if you actually decide to watch the movie three times from different perspectives, first well, more time so, to watch it.
0: More so Aaron than Tom. But but yes.
1: Yes, but if you try to say, okay, I'm going to watch the movie three times. I'm going to watch it first from the perspective of Tom, then from the perspective of Jane, then from the perspective of Aaron, you're going to get like three different results, three different visions of the movie. It's like, it's not going to be something missing about them. It's like, you're going to understand, okay, first happens this, then this, and then this. All of them have like a beginning, a middle of the situation, and then an ending, and I and I actually enjoyed that, the fact that, as you were saying, they were all, I mean, she was like the big lead, she's the center of the movie, but at the same time, they do have, they, both of them, as male characters, have their own plotline that fits perfectly, Yeah. and if you change one of them, something is going to change, but at the same time, you are actually going to have all the facts about it, so yeah. it's like, I know cooperation is not worth it, but again, coming to network, happens the same thing with, uh, William Holden. I love Network. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> With Will, William Holden, uh, Peter Finch and Faye Wynne. If you start thinking about it, I, I think in Network is a little bit more like Howard between Howard I think Howard, Howard is Diana.
0: kind. Of, you there is an argument for how Howard Beale is a supporting mm-hmm. character, whereas I yes. think I think Diana and why am I blanking on his name?
1: Oh my gosh, William Holden, but I don't remember his name. Oh, either.
0: Max. 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 Yeah. The, they are more no, leads her. but I, I still consider all three of them leads but they all were nominated in the leading category which we'll get into yes. later Albert Brooks and William Hurt were not in the same category but we'll get into no, that whole thankfully. situation thankfully
1: I mean thankfully because of the category I mean I'm not trying to like say but for the cat the other nominees But we'll get get a good later. Yeah, we'll get trying to wrap up the movie. It's like Yeah, well do you wanna
0: do you wanna just talk about the ending? Because the ending is essentially they meet years later because they all diverge. Aaron is now has a family, he has a child, and and Jane is starting to date this guy. And
1: a new haircut.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A new haircut. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Way eighties. Very Madonna. So so they're all very Madonna.
0: They're all kind of di- diverge from each other, but they meet up, and then Tom leaves them to go go off to a dinner, and then you have this really nice moment that you realize Aaron is the one who she liked the most all along. She, he's yes. the one who was the most important, and it's and then it ends right there.
1: But at the same time, it shows you how he battled his demons. It's like how Aaron now has a family, and it's really that's maybe that's what he really needed—not trying to be always the very smarty pants. Just trying to have a family, trying to care about something else, and I really adore that i I think it was worth i i mean if you think it's like the movie could have ended with Jane telling Tom about what Aaron had told her about the the the, the rape scene but the, the rape interview, but in this case, it's like no i really it's like James L Brooks doesn't give you a hint, doesn't give you a chance to say like uh you have like an open ending no with this final scene it's worth enough you need this scene to understand what happens to them and, and actually shows you how they're actually don't hate each other neither of them they can actually like life itself you can actually have an argument with someone nowadays and maybe five years later you're more mature and you just cross this person back in the street, and you can actually have a nice conversation, and that 's it because people change, and I love that yeah
0: yeah it 's a really nice conclusion. it really flows well with the what the film is trying to argue. I have no problems with the ending I really don't no My no, one it's... problem with the movie is actually the music and and I was Ugh. looking at this. It's not, like, horrible, but it's so generic. It just didn't need to be there. It really didn't. And I, I think... Which is so
1: opera, to my taste. And, it's, for and
0: it's unnecessary, and they use it too much. And it's composed by Bill Conti, who did Rocky and an Unmarried Woman, and the Karate Kid, wow. and, and a lot of...
1: I had no of, idea he did the, the Unmarried Woman.
0: Which is the, 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 perfect, the perfect score with that
1: one. Which is really good, so I really... Yeah, because he had like so many nominations but it's like to my taste it's like you could watch the movie without the score and it would have been probably much better even it's like I think that the score is so bad selected that you don't actually know which would be the right fit for it
0: yeah that's why I'm saying there shouldn't be music in it but otherwise I think that's great I think we didn't really talk about the performances and I'm actually kind of glad because we really had a good character plot analysis we'll get into the performances when we get into the Oscar categories because the three performances that are big about I mean we talked about Joan Cusack honestly we talked about her performance the most but I think when we get into the Oscar categories we'll dig into the three leads and what we think of their performances but for now we do have a bunch of questions so we we should get into that really that
1: that was true <laughs> we kind of like a lot and it was like oh my god that was
0: yeah that was excellent
1: because because it's the kind of movie that people like to watch, and whereas
0: expect. American Hustle, we're we're just kind of <laughs>
1: oh my god, we, we loved it. We all <laughs> loved American Hustle. Just come on, face the facts.
0: Yeah, but do you want to get into the questions? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So our first question is from Drew. He asks, "Well, who was your favorite of the three nominated actors?" Well.
1: If I had to say that for the win, I'm gonna say Albert Brooks.
0: You think he was the worst of the three performances?
1: No, I thought it was the best. I'm sorry, oh. I my words. No, the worst, of course, William uh, Willem.
0: <laughs> well, he's not bad.
1: It's. I mean, he's not bad overall. If you if you think about the three of them, you cannot say someone it's like bad. like really bad.
0: No, but, out of, but okay. compared to the other two... Yeah, I see what you're saying. I agree. No, but
1: compared... I think the character itself, it's like... He gave the best that he can actually give to the character. That's it.
0: Yeah. Um. And then Ronaldo asks, Can you help me understand why William Hurt was such a big star in the 80s? He wasn't a great actor. He was dull and he wasn't even hot. Though I will say that that dick outline in the shadows was nice
1: oh my god when he was in the the closet and he was in the closet yes she was talking about the bunny wasn't i I mean i was distracted because i was trying to like Uh i was trying to remember if this woman talking about but i'm actually like having the same doubt i'm hesitating about the same thing why he was considered a hottie back in the 80s. I mean, he's thing, not I an ugly man. I
0: think he's attractive. I think he's handsome, but he isn't he's... unique. He isn't striking no. in that. And I think what he represented in the 80s...
1: standard.
0: So the 80s, him. I feel like a lot, didn't focus as much on, with men at least. Okay, I'm not thinking correctly. Maybe this isn't correct. But it, with him, I feel like he's like this chill, slick leading man who's attractive enough to, to keep... I mean, for 80 standards, he was really attractive to keep the audience like engaged. But I feel like he was there to really allow either the leading women or the supporting characters to shine more than him actually being the interest. He sort of drove the story, but he allowed for these supporting players and the leading women to really give the biggest impact. I don't think that's the reason why he existed or or why he acted, but that's how I feel about him.
1: And also, I don't know if it was the year that he won Best Actor, but I tend to believe one of the years that he was in the Oscars, that he was wearing those glasses, you know, like those Clark Kent glasses. And it's like, he's very charming. It's like, he's like, um, yes, he's very charming. You see him. I, I mean, I don't actually enjoy his attitude, but back at the time, I see him like, oh, my God, this Prince Charming, lookalike man, and it's like okay, that's worth enough. That's that's a kind of the standard stereotype that to, that you expect. And then he's heard in his thirties back in the eighties, yeah. so
0: it's
1: like okay, th- yes, I guess that's he just it. he
0: represented what that was.
1: He represented yeah. exactly,
0: and he's not I mean, an he actor starts- who I assume was very difficult to work with. I could be totally wrong on that, but he was cast in so many things, so many popular no. movies, so many Oscar-nominated movies that it just seems like that was the case.
1: No, And I think if you actually start thinking about his character in case of the Spider Women.
0: I actually haven't seen it yet. But I have been told oh. that Raul Julia is way better and that he should have been the best yes, actor winner. Yes,
1: totally. Yeah. To my test, totally.
0: Yeah, but I think everyone think... agrees on that.
1: <laughs> yes, but he, I mean, if you start thinking about it, it's the kind of character for him that is challenging. It's the kind of character that maybe nowadays, a hottie, you didn't expect to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, I could say Bradley Cooper, and yes, I have to mention sure Bradley. Uh, yes. If you think about, I think Bradley, Bradley
0: Cooper is much more attractive than
1: William Hurt. I think Bradley Cooper is much more attractive than every single man. I call you I'm sorry, <laughs> but and then you have well. At the moment, you can say that the hottest man. I could say of all, but Kitchen is not a man at all. But uh, if I had to say <laughs> it, it, I can too much more words. I'm sorry, uh, but. But, well, trying to... I'm trying to digest it. But Katrina is even prettier than Jamie Dornan. I'm sorry. But I could say that Jamie Dornan, for example, that now, after Fifty Shades and whatever, whatever, is considered... I'm not going to say sex symbol, but maybe yes. But it's not the kind of man that I could actually see him doing a character like William Horton Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think William I is saying, probably a better actor than Jamie Dornan, but not... Totally. Yeah, But I start
1: thinking, for example, Bradley. Bradley has, I think, like a pretty wide range of characters. Oh, yeah.
0: And he's a good producer, totally. he, all of that.
1: Exactly. So I would actually expect Bradley to do this type of character because I, I think it's pretty challenging yeah. and anything. But uh, if you think of another actor that tries to be like pretty much masculine, you don't think that they could actually do this character or, or even a gay character at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in and I think that back in the eighties could been a much more of a struggle, and Willem Hurt still did it. And I don't remember his speech or anything, but I know that uh, I've read some interviews where he actually was like right, really touched about Raul Julia as a co-star.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: like okay, it's like yeah. if no, you and think I, about and, it. And that was he, also an you know,
0: indie I, movie. It was an independent movie. Whereas yeah, I feel no. like Brad, Bradley Cooper doesn't do independent movies.
1: No, and I and, and I mean, Kiss of the Spider Woman was also a book uh, by an Argentinian author. So I actually was like, you really understand of saying he didn't have any issue of doing that, of doing an independent movie from a foreign Latin author. So it's like, OK, yes, his reputation now that now that I like trying to reevaluate him, it's like, OK, yes, maybe he he had like a really good reputation. Apart from the fact that of course he was a very handsome man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think I think you made a lot of great points. They're very accurate. So we don't
1: we don't hate and he actually had like a really nice haircut, I have to say. No, no, his he, first I, don't, I really think really I really good.
0: do think he was good looking. I just think, you know, comparing him to Bradley, <laughs> he's no, not
1: <laughs> But I, I had to say about his hair style, because of course I'm like I, it looks like I have an issue with a lot, a lot of things uh, Francis we don't hate Francis McDormand but with hairstyle man hairstyle but back in the 80s if you start thinking about it it's way too much for it was really difficult to see a man like saying oh my god they have like this really good hairstyle and he yeah. actually had yeah I think he's bold right now isn't it I don't know. I haven't seen him in a lot of old things. Yeah,
0: I don't care enough to look that but up, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I no, it's not my target. A seventy-year-old man who used to be a hottie back in the eighties. Yeah.
0: Well, our next question is from Owen, and they ask, "Why do you think Brooks was pushed supporting when Aaron is just as much of a lead as Tom?" Well, we both know the answer to this, and it's pretty clear that William Hurt was more popular.
1: <laughs> yes. And probably, if you start thinking about who could actually have landed the nomination, if there was only one spot for the movie, it It would have have been been him,
0: which is sucks, which sucks. But we'll get into that (laughs) later. And then this is a question I can't answer, but they also ask: also, when it comes to Hunter, do you prefer her in this or Raising Arizona? The same year, I haven't seen Raising Arizona, so I don't know.
1: Um, no, I haven't. I think I saw it like a million years ago but yeah knowing the I, fact that i don't even remember it it's because this one is much better
0: <laughs> yes and then our next few questions are from dylan and he asks how does this compare to other james l brooks movies well we did talk about in terms of endearment as good as i guess which i think are the only other two i've seen
1: yes I, I was trying to you know at a certain moment i was trying to like do a mental thing about James Holbrook's movies. But yes. Yeah, I know he it.
0: only directed two other movies that have seen three, his three Oscar movies. Um, I he think directed I, the
1: Spanglish. With Adam oh, Sandler.
0: Wow. Oh took, my God. He took a turn. But of the three that I think people want to hear about, I would say my favorite is Broadcast News, then oh, no, Terms no. of Endearment, second, and then As Good As It Gets, third.
1: Oh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, no, he did. He, I think he he directed Jerry Maguire. No, he, no, he, he was a like, producer.
0: Yeah, no, he he. Oh, he also uh, wrote. Come no,
1: Jerry he wrote come
0: so he wrote starting over. Have you seen that movie?
1: No. OK, so. No, I, yes.
0: So we Jill Clayburgh had an unmarried woman in 78, which is the best thing. Amazing. Ever, uh, the best thing ever. Like <laughs> and then the yes. next year. She was in an Alan Pecula, Alan J. Pecula nominated, directed movie. And the writers were James L. Brooks, and he also produced it. And burt reynolds and oh Joe- yes the yes. one with
1: Burt Reynolds and candace Bergen, yes, yes. and it. i
0: know yes. i i've heard a surprising amount of praise for that movie i fucking hate that movie i think it is terrible i think it ruined jill's career after that she didn't have anything an unmarried woman was the only amazing film role she, she was she,
1: great in unmarried women she was perfect here,
0: and she can- and she she wasn't bad in starting over it's just that the movie is no. bad
1: no candace bergen in here it's annoying oh,
0: just for yeah no and burt reynolds yes, is yes awful. i remember burt reynolds burt is Reince's awful is- <laughs> <laughs> but Jill
1: Clayburgh won be, the best actress prize in Cannes for Unmarried Women isn't it yes yes yeah. that was no she was, a match, she was a and she should and have she won lost, the best
0: actress Oscar because she lost that was Jane. the year
1: that she lost to Jane Fonda for coming home that's that's bad
0: yeah and I, I talked about that on my Unmarried Women episode but uh, here's the thing yes. at least at least Jane Fonda was like heavily predicted at least she was like the front runner no one else really had too much of a chance
1: so no, exactly. there's not much
0: you can do but out of his three directed films that were Oscars? How would you rank them? Are are you in agreement with me on the ranking?
1: I'm in agreement with you, especially yeah. knowing that. I mean, I don't hate neither of them. For example, I don't exactly hate as good as it gets, but if I think about it, it's just for Helen. Hunt. It gets it's
0: worse. Like, oh, it gets, it gets the more gets you can, and Jack Nicholson is just completely phoning it in. It is such a lazy performance.
1: No, it's annoying. Again, it's annoying. Uh, the dog was the greatest character. The dog I, I really was, liked the
0: dog. Was so cute.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I I really like Greg in that movie. Uh, I think it was that was the year that he lost. Yes, he lost against Robin Williams for Good Will Good- Good- Hunting.
0: Well, you can't really I do love- anything. You can't do anything about yeah. that, can you? <laughs> so.
1: I love with Will Hunting. It's probably one of my top five best. Yeah. Best pictures. Uh, I I really enjoy his performance. But I have to say that Kinnear is terrific, and he had like these moments, something that's different. What I was saying is that especially with Reckina, he had like this scene where he tells his story and it's like very dramatic and something that in broadcast news, you you don't have it. And it's like, that's why maybe you want to cheer up, cheer up a little bit with, uh, as good as it gets. And of course the story of the kid and Helen Hunt as a mother and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it just doesn't end up working. It's like, a remix of scenes where someone is trying to justify their actions so it's like no
0: yeah yeah and then dylan also asks okay well we did talk about this if you could pinpoint a major difference between this and network what would you say it is i mean there are a lot as i Emotions. said the, yeah, yeah emotion i mean this movie is less like intense it's less ferocious it's mm mm-hmm less acted and it's less twisted. I think this is more sweet. It's more comedic. The characters are not as mean-spirited.
1: I I remember that uh, when I was trying to think about the gender of the movie and people tried to say it's a drama, it's comedy and it's romantic. And yes, it has a remix of all those things. And it's not, I mean, network is very theatrical for somehow. It seems like it, and you know about the script. You're you're not gonna compare Parichayevsky as a screenwriter. It just
0: th- doesn't make sense. No,
1: and also his motivations. I mean, uh, Chayevsky doesn't try to be funny at all. And if you think about the back, uh, yes, the background of how historic writing, especially how we character, characters, because it's the story of Rebecca. I don't remember her last name. The 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 presenter that just shoots herself on camera. there's also a movie with Rebecca Hall, I think it's Rebecca, I don't remember, no, Christine, Christine was Rebecca's the actress, I'm getting my words confused, but (laughs) Christine's something, so it's like you know that motivation, it's a very strong motivation, and I bet James Brooks doesn't have that kind of motivation for writing, it's just like real life so it's like, that's a meddler thing, it's like you start thinking about it, that's it the characters are not gonna have as you said, they're not gonna be like having like this strong back, back background because it's not necessary, it's not the point of the movie,
0: yeah. Yeah, see, I think, I think, I think just like the way that the lead actress is handled, everything you said is correct. I, just Diana is so, so much less sympathetic, and I like Network better. It D- sounds Diana like Diana would
1: have killed,
0: yeah, no, yeah, also, this is more, it's network is gritty it is new york city 70s straight up realistic this Love is more this. laid back suburban like chill like it is
1: exactly it's,
0: it's a different exactly. tone yeah it's like and the story actually, is so different too so it's, it's just hard to compare i
1: mean when and in the ending you see when when aaron's character says well when aaron says that he's going to like another city. I don't know, he mentions Connecticut. I don't remember exactly the the city that he says, but you know, you think about a very suburban city and he's not like bad about it. I mean, of course he would like to keep working in here but it's not like the change for him, it's like a downfall. No, it's just a change, that's it. But if you say to Diana Christensen, to quit UBS and go to Connecticut or or to Alaska, that would have killed her. She could prefer to have actually getting killed than actually going to that place. And here it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's it's different tone. You can't compare it. That's it. It's <laughs> just like
1: Yes, it's yeah. like you, you can compare the fact that, okay, they talk about the newsroom, but it's way too much more than that.
0: Yeah. And then our last... Oh, no. Okay, so our question's from Matt did it have a shot at any of its Oscar nominations?
1: I don't think so, unfortunately.
0: I don't think so. And then where do you think Hunter and Brooks placed in their categories? And I'm looking now. I think Holly Mm -hmm. Hunter was fourth. Not my personal opinion. I think fourth in terms of who was voted for, because I can assume that Cher won easily. I I think she probably walked away with that. I think Sally Kirkland was What's number two because her, her massive campaigning and i think glenn close was three just because that movie was so much more popular than broadcast news no, so, and,
1: and even I'm, sally crookland won the, the golden glove and ben she Brown. won yes
0: um i think she won like the new york critics she won the Indie spirit award she won the los angeles film critics association award <laughs> she won the um she won something else. She, she won critics. She really, really wanted to win. And yes. I'm honestly, and also, I'm impressed with her campaign. Like, I wish I could do that. Like, yes, back in the
1: eighties, also. Yeah, it's like, like
0: getting into in a 80s. lineup with four giants is impressive.
1: No, and also if you think about it, maybe if the screen actor skill would have existed back at the time, I don't know if Solid Corell would have won. But I no, think I, think, like I think I think Cher
0: would have won the SAG. But
1: that's, uh, th- yes, that's something I'm always like, recall because also broadcast News was in no categories back at the BAFTAs. And the fact that it's already like out of that major award, yeah. it's like, well, it also got
0: like a ton of Golden Globe nominations and it won none of them. So it, it none really- of them yeah. in
1: comedy because if you think about it, well, maybe if she could actually have won, but no, you had sure. And something that happens when we think about Glenn Close, I know every single person says Glenn Close was rough. Maybe, yes, but then what I'm trying to realize a couple Did of months Did she ever really ago, come
0: close to winning?
1: She didn't come close. I she think didn't that come someone... close
0: until the wife. She really didn't.
1: No, no. Actually, if you think about it, which one maybe we could have said she was really robbed. Well, maybe for Dangerous Liaisons, but not for this one.
0: And that race... She was really... great. And that race seemed to be between Jodie Foster and Sigourney Weaver. It didn't seem to exactly. be... I just don't think Glenn Close had too much... I could be wrong there. I have no idea how it played out. No, but I, I feel we'll like we'll if Jodie no. Foster didn't win, it would have been Sigourney Weaver for Gorillas and the Mist. So I don't no. think Glenn Close came close these two back-to-back years. But we'll get into no, that but, when we talk about best. <laughs> no, but
1: it's like, it's like you're always getting into it. And it's fantastic how Glenn Close is always in here. Well, she had like a tons of nominations, so she's always yeah. there.
0: Yeah, and then... um. I think there's another question. It was our last question, asking like, do you think the original casting of Deborah Winger? How do you how do you think that would have went?
1: Uh, ter- terrible to my taste. I don't see Deborah Winger doing this one. I, I don't think Deborah Winger is a bad actress back in the eighties, but no, it's like I just cannot imagine a different actress rather right than Holly Hunter. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: I think she's a perfect match. Statue, really. the voice, everything
0: it really worked
1: <laughs> how old was deborah winger bad at the time because i think they were like i, I know Holly hunter was like less than 30 she years was old, like but...
0: 32 31
1: yes i mean but no it's like no i just don't see it
0: yeah well
1: i, I actually kind of uh, i'm surprised that deborah winger
0: was there. yeah but I guess Holly Hunter, this was her breakout, along with Raising Arizona. Yes, so. totally. Yeah.
1: Yes. What a year, I, actually, for her.
0: Yeah, really boosted her. Okay, well, before we get into the categories, um, I think we've kind of answered this. Why do you think this film failed to win anything, aside from there being The Last Emperor and Moonstruck in the, in the competition?
1: well i think i'm I'm gonna say about the campaign and also the strong plot lines if you start thinking about it as we mentioned it's very nice to watch this movie because no matter what age you are you're always gonna get something about it but if you start thinking about it uh especially back in the 80s they really like like strong plot lines you melodramatic like very strong characters that are crying one scene that are just crying and massive crying or as I hate the last emperor I'm so sorry but I think it's just an awful movie uh, but it's <laughs> the kind of movie that you expect to win best picture well it's it the is kind of epic. movie exactly it's a kind of epic thing that has like major technical things and this movie no i mean if you start thinking about james Brooks as a director he's not like the greatest director you have ever seen because he always can he doesn't even concentrate in putting like you know like shots like really close-ups or anything no he's it's not worthy because he tries to keep it real he tries to show you like you have a scene and you have to see the whole scene and then you choose what you want to concentrate in it and i think that's fabulous but once again, it's not like huge directorial efforts in order to say maybe, yes, it's going to win any single award. I mean, and if you think about the acting, I think it was a year with solid campaigns, especially solid Kirkland. Yeah. So that's it.
0: No, I think, I think it, what you're saying is that it doesn't do anything big. They don't want to go through something that's smaller. They don't want to go for something that's comely and, and exactly. They're They're not going to go. They're going to nominate it because they like it enough. But for a win, they don't think it's big enough.
1: No, and it's the kind of movie that, of course, as I'm saying, we're seeing it right now, like, 35 years later, and we liked it, and it's the kind of movie that you can actually, like, connect with your life, with emotions. Because emotions, I'm not going to say that it passes by the whole years, but yes, of course, it's, like, it's something universal, and that's good. But it's, like, it's not going to make the impact in the kind of people that... I think if you see this movie back in, like, the big screen... It's not the kind of movie that you could go to your house and say, oh my god, the sound, oh my god, this, oh my god, anything. Like, of course, The Last Emperor, if I played. And,
0: it. yeah, and Fatal Attraction, too, it's the same thing.
1: Exactly. But it mm-hmm. has, like, once again, like, this very powerful character still. Yeah.
0: Well, our first category is Editing. And it was nominated wow. alongside Empire of the Sun, Fatal Attraction, Robocop, and obviously your winner was The Last Emperor. So would you give Broadcast News the editing Oscar? No, of
1: course no. not. I'm sorry. I, I think this is the, the the kind of categories if you think, for example, in the Mad Max year. Or it's like the kind of category that if you have a movie like The Last Emperor, it's like, that's it. That's the winner. You yeah. don't even think about it.
0: I actually think Fatal Attraction has really good editing. And I think that probably should it's have really gone good. here. And Robocop too, like that's a fun movie, but that's like technology. Yeah, like that's. But, smart.
1: Yes, but if you once again, you have to think about it with the mind of someone back in the eighties.
0: Yeah, you're not gonna. See I, I, that. I think
1: I think broadcast news is good about editing. It's not like floppy or anything, but it's like.
0: But it's not like it's. In, it's not impressive.
1: Exactly, it's not impressive. It's worthy because it's what the movie needs, but that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah and then this next category is perplexing cinematography i i've i don't understand this nomination it was nominated alongside empire of the sun hope and glory mate won. i'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly i'm sorry and the last emperor obviously won but like interesting that it was nominated here i don't really get that
1: no because i started thinking that cinematography has is really looks like the breakfast club cinematography it's like just lots of
0: of. there's nothing special but maybe maybe i'm missing something maybe there's something incredible about the foreground and the background maybe i'm just not smart enough but i don't think no. that's the case I, I just don't think it's very striking to the eye it's not ugly no it, it but it's it's just normal it's not there's nothing
1: exactly, striking about the
0: way it looks
1: no it looks like the way it has to be looking i mean if i think if they try to like it, like which much effort in it it could lose all the sense because once again it doesn't try to highlight anything and the movie doesn't show you anything that really needs to be highlighted so still
0: yeah so definitely not giving it the win there and the last emperor is really beautiful Dude. I don't I don't love that movie I, I just I think it's gorgeous though and it's really mm-hmm. well done
1: that's the exact same thing technically speaking I think it's marvelous especially back at the time but that's uh, I, I mean once again I think that's the key of the whole movie but mm-hmm. it's like I really don't understand this nomination
0: me neither and then now we can get to the categories that make sense screenplay original screenplay oh. it was nominated alongside au revoir les enfants. I, I don't know how to speak French so I, I don't know <laughs> oh, <yeah. that.
1: laughs> we're two so that's okay we're yeah. gonna say it's perfect
0: yes Great. Hope and Glory, Radio Days, and your winner was Moonstruck. So, would you give the win to Broadcast News?
1: No. And I'm not a huge fan, I have to say, about Moonstruck. But I do believe it's really good writing. It's it's really nice. I'm surprised
0: you're not giving it to Broadcast News then.
1: (laughs) No, because if I start thinking about it, I don't think it has, like, memorable quotes. I don't think it's like, when I expect... When you have for example moonstruck yes and had like this sort of scenes discussion especially with olympia de character she has like, really good lines shar's character of course but remember surprised with a supporting role but in here it's like you you have like very short dialogues it's like you don't have you have the whole monologue the whole speech by jen at the beginning it sucks and maybe well the if i had to choose i think that the The lines that are best writing to my taste are the beginning, but then it's not, it's okay. It's, once again, it's pretty dialogue to my taste. So I don't think I could have given it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm surprised by that. I I think maybe considering how how much we love the character dynamics and how the script is responsible for that. I thought you'd give it that. But I agree. I, I think I actually really love Moonstruck. I think it's really fantastic. So I'm sticking with that. I do need to see Au Revoir, whatever. I'm not going to try to pronounce it again. <laughs> and Radio Days well, is a Woody have... Allen film, so I'm interested in that. I'm lacking in this category. Hope and Glory is nice, but Moonstruck is is pretty pretty easily my favorite film of this group.
1: It was nominated the uh, the one Au Revoir that apparently. French pronunciation with by children could be in English. I have never seen this movie, Me and I surprised it was nominated for best foreign language film. Well, it was the year which the one Bebette fast. Well, it it actually I think it would probably been a good movie because Bebette fast Oh, the Denmark the Danish movie. I don't like it at all. I think no? it's one of the worst best foreign language films that ever win. <laughs> uh, so I think this movie is probably a case of an Almodovar being nominated and not winning. <laughs> because, oh, so was, I think it's,
0: was he nominated that year?
1: No, no, but it's like you see Almodovar that when he's not nominated for a movie, he gets a nomination in Original Screenplay, and it's oh. much it than all the nominees. So I think probably with this,
0: it probably was good
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, it could be in a, like probably good movie that's why but
0: moonstruck is iconic so i'm still sticking with that
1: i'm sticking with it yes yes because i'm saying if if moonstruck wasn't nominated and i haven't seen this one with my children uh maybe yes i could say i I mean even if if you start thinking if rocket's news could have won best original screenplay i could have say it's worthy but was it the best probably not
0: yeah and i also think that yeah, if we okay well moving on to the supporting actor category I also think just Moonstruck probably won that easily I also like that Audrey Hepburn presented the award for it winning screenplay she probably loved that movie so yes yeah literally. of course but supporting actor um I haven't seen two of these nominees I haven't seen Morgan Freeman in Street Smart or Denzel Washington in Cry Freedom I, I I just didn't have enough time I'm sorry
1: why? I had no idea that Denzel was nominated. I, I I thought that his first nomination was the one that he won in 1990 Was Yes, nope. I had no idea he was nominated before well, it.
0: Well, Cry uh, Freedom was a box office failure. It was an epic and a box office yes. failure. But yeah, uh, other than that, you're, you're Vincent Gardenia in Moonstruck, and your winner was Sean Connery. So would Albert Brooks get your vote?
1: Yes, totally.
0: And I'm look, sorry
1: for Sean is, Connery, is but- he
0: the, is, is Albert Brooks supporting? No. Do, would I still have voted not. for him?
1: Category yes. fraud. I, He's I, the Rooney Mara here's, of this year. Yes.
0: Here's, here's my thing on category fraud. I bring this up all the time, but in my personal lineups, if I'm forming a personal lineup, I am going to put Albert Brooks in the leading category. I'm going to say he, he leading for me. But if I was an academy voter and I don't have control of that, and I look at this lineup and I go, Albert Brooks gave my favorite performance of this group, regardless of what category he's in. I'm still going to check the box for Albert Brooks. I'm still going to vote for him because he still gave my favorite performance of the category. Tatum O'Neill and Paper Moon. Was she supporting? Absolutely fucking not. Was she the best performance in her category? Absolutely. So I'm still going to vote for her. But again, like on my personal ballot, I'm going to put them in lead. It's it's just it's just how it works.
1: Exactly. But also you have to think about the decision of the producers and about the thing they're on they're going to try to put it where they have the like the best shot to being nominated and they're going to see the other films that are going to be nominated and the other actors that are campaigning and you're going to try to put your character and your actor in a place that is going to be more like trying to have like a front runner status. I think something like, for example, if you think I'm bringing again Belfast, but it's like, if you start thinking about it, Katrina Boff is not a supporting role. She's in the leading role. And she's still getting supporting because, of course, she's, she kind of compete against what's happening with Kristen Stewart. So it's a producing decision, and that's it. That's, maybe with Katrina, it's not going to be so much as a categorical fraud. In this case, I don't think it's going to be, I mean, it fits perfectly. Because you can actually justify the decision of having Albert Brooks both in lead or in supporting. If someone tells you why he's in supporting, maybe Jeltsin Brooks or the producers are going to say, because the lead character is Jane, and that's it. And he's actually supporting Jane. So it's okay for me.
0: Mm-hmm. But then when you look at, then why was William Hurt in the lead? It just creates a conflict. And that's yes Yeah. But well, we can move on to lead actor now, just like tying into that. So he was nominated alongside again I'm just lacking on this category and I'm sorry um, uh-huh. Marcello M- Mastrioni for Dark Eyes Jack Nicholson for Ironweed, Weed Robin Williams for Good Morning Vietnam and your winner was Michael Douglas for Wall Street so oh, would you give William Hurt the win
1: no of course not well, who and would even... you give the win to oh my god this is not a
0: good category
1: no, it's, it's like, a really bad character. It's really uh, bad. So
0: can I just, like, not have... give anyone the win? Can this be the first yes. time that I just don't give anyone a win?
1: <laughs> this could be a nice decision if you start thinking about it, putting Albert Brooks in best lead actor. And
0: then giving him be the be win.
1: Fabulous. So if you start thinking about seeing this lineup, I could have say why is Albert Brooks back? in supporting role when he had like a really big chance but i don't know what about with michael douglas campaign back at the time i mean michael douglas i'm so sorry but he's a bad actor <laughs>
0: yeah, i'm sorry he 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 has a nice he's presence nice. i like him off screen exactly. i like him at award shows exactly. all that. but he isn't he's like a huge grandpa
1: oh and i like, like him a as a
0: producer grandpa. i like yes. a lot. <laughs> well, of course yeah
1: he's like the cute grandpa that is married a younger woman but you still like him and you like the yeah, the couple that he does he
0: was better in fatal attraction the same year totally totally yeah
1: that could be a nice switch because the first I, I know that him in fatal attraction was of course also a late actor but if you start thinking about well maybe putting it into the supporting category well that would be the awful. the supporting role
0: but he's more of a lead than Glenn Close.
1: He's more of a lead, but maybe if you start thinking, okay, a good chance. Well, I only if preferred. they
0: wanted him to win. That's the thing.
1: Yes, I do have a But if you start thinking about it, Sean Connery in the category, even though I don't think he's worth... I'm sorry, I don't think he's worth... His
0: accent it's, is it's, off.
1: Oh, uh, it's awful. But also the fact that it's it's one of those years where the Academy actually confuses a career when right there but also that movie that movie
0: made a lot of money and was very popular yes, so course. and and it was yeah, and it was a i believe and the Academy Award. a depo Pal- yeah, it was a De Palma movie, so that's it, yeah.
1: Uh, even though i liked and i prefer albert ruth to win but still but in that in lead actor i think it's so much
0: it's like, so bad these actor categories are not impressive as always
1: oh <laughs> i mean good morning in vietnam is okay but no it's not if robin williams could have won for this instead of will hunting or even the another oh, what's the name of the movie that he made in 1989 I dead poet society name, dead poet society it's like I remember the years that's that sucks when you start like remember the poster of the movie but don't remember the name yeah uh, I would have to say okay but for this one I mean he even won the Golden Globe I guess I, I intend to believe that Robin Williams won an award for it I don't know if it was the Golden Globe or the BAFTA he won he for won. the
0: for the comedy category
1: yes he won for the co- yeah, well, that's yeah right. so, well, so Michael Douglas in.
0: and Michael Douglas won the lead but category. if I
1: had to if I had to choose, yes, I could, I could see. I mean, it's a legendary character. The one. Well, it, I think, it. let's
0: just be honest, it's one legendary line. It isn't even a character that's there, yes. it's just a uh, line.
1: That's it. But it's like, okay, and that's the same thing that happens with Sean Connery and Untouchables. It's not yeah, a memorable I mean, yeah. character. And Jack Nicholson, still.
0: Jack Nicholson's actually good. It, it's just, again, I found it kind of one note. So...
1: But imagine him winning four awards. I mean, I do like Jack Maplesson. I like him,
0: but he only deserved one of his Oscars, if we're being honest. And he really deserved it, but the other two, I'm just not... I just don't get it. I just really don't.
1: And Marcello Mastroianni, I think it's the wrong... uh, Yes, I'm trying to remember. I'm actually trying to search if Marcello Mastroianni was... Yes, he was nominated for another uh, Oscar, but it's like... He was already old back at the time. I, well, not not old, but he was in his sixties. So it's like a Korean defining performance. It's like the kind of performance, foreign performance that could be nominated. But I don't think it's his worst per. It's his best performance to win an Oscar. I prefer him as he was, not the, winning an Oscar at all. Yeah. Rather yeah. this.
0: Yeah. Well, I do think you wanna... he was I, nominated. I just I'm trying. He to... was nominated for a Divorce Italian Style and A Special yes, Day, which is, both which well, both are probably better
1: <laughs> yes totally and i don't even like yes i'm trying to yes one the the first one the of course, the challenge style yes i don't know the second one. no you're not a no he's not it's like mm. i think that marcello mastro is the case from a really good foreign actor that was nominated for the worst performances something similar happened to my as well he was merging her uh with Catherine Deneuve. it's like she was nominated after oh, for and and
0: one for yeah.
1: yeah. She's okay, but like is this a real performance? No. It's not like if you start thinking Marion or that of course it's like the greatest performance she could ever have been nominated, of course, winning. But it's like... like
0: well, Faye actually had the thing where she won on her last, which was also her best nomination. And it wasn't yes. a career award. It was like no. actually she had other nominations they liked her in them, but she wasn't good enough to win the other times. I mean, how can you went over Jenna Rollins and Ellen Burstyn that year like no oh my
1: god
0: (laughs) yeah so this was like the perfect time for her but with with Michael Douglas this year and and as you're saying with Marcello like no
1: no what's I'm trying to guess was he ever nominated again Michael Douglas I don't think so
0: I think this might have been his oh no he's been nominated for two academy awards he was nominated for
1: um One full over the cook's nest. Well, oh, yeah, maybe that's it for producing. Yeah, yes. Wow, what a shot! This
0: was his only acting nomination, which makes sense. What a
1: shot! What a shot, I would
0: say. He won both,
1: both, and he's like not a good actor at all, but he certainly did a good
0: job producing that amazing film. But
1: it's the Brad Pitt case, somehow, and Brad Pitt had more nominations, but still,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, Brad Pitt's a better actor,
1: totally. <laughs> but a bad producer if you start thinking about it.
0: Well, best picture or best actress, which one do you want to do last?
1: Uh I think with best actress last. It's yeah. the worst. It's, it's a meaty category. Yes. And, and then with best Picture, picture you know. easy.
0: Okay. So broadcast is nominated alongside Fail Attraction, Hope and Glory, Moonstruck, and your winner was obviously the last ever. So i'm assuming you're giving broadcast news the win are you
1: if i had to say from a personal point of view and of course that's what we're expecting yes i think broadcast news it's a really nice i don't
0: really believe in objective with with this i think this is all no
1: of course every single person is gonna vote whatever (laughs) and that's that's the problem why it wins the things that end up winning uh but yes as an overall as a movie and about the message i totally prefer broad news the last yeah. emperor i think it could have been good if it happened what happened with mad max back at the time in 2016 when they won all the major technical categories and was terrific but overall as a movie and even if i have to put it in my taste between the last emperor and Mad Max, I would have preferred that Mad Max would ever won Best Picture rather than in 1987, The Last Emperor winning. So I'd say, yes, I prefer Broadcast News. It's an yeah. ep- But once again, The Last Emperor is the kind of movie that you actually expect back at the time to win an Oscar.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm giving Moonstruck the win. That's my favorite. Uh. I think Broadcast News on a rewatch has become my second favorite. I used to think Fatal Attraction, but... There are aspects of Fatal Attraction I like more, but I think it's a little more inconsistent, whereas Broadcast News is extremely consistent. So I'm, I'm yes. saying Moonstruck is one, two is Broadcast News, three is Fatal Attraction, four is Hope and Glory, five is The Last Emperor.
1: I would not actually have mind if Moonstruck would have won. I think Moonstruck picture. was think... the
0: runner up, but it probably wasn't close yes. since The Last no, Emperor was no. just such a big deal. But Moonstruck was but... probably the runner up.
1: But I think if you start thinking about it, it's a smart choice, and it's also like, a, I could say like, I'm trying to make compare, compare, trying to compare things, and I know it's wrong, but if you start thinking about the Moonlight, La La Land year, it's like that type of movie, for example, when Moonlight won, it's like such a beautiful dramatic movie and with the case of Moonstruck even it's not that dramatic but it's like a really beautiful movie that if it wins best picture you could say okay that's good that's a really nice movie and that's it
0: yeah I don't know I don't know if I'm on board with that comparison I think I'd compare I'd, I'd compare La La Land and Moonlight to Cabaret and The Godfather but
1: Yes, I, I mean what what I was trying to say is that they're not technical they're not movies that oh, are okay. concentrated into technical things. Yeah. They're movies that are worth more about maybe the plot maybe I mean,
0: Spotlight could... versus the Revenant is what you're thinking of.
1: Yes, probably I'll think you're a little bit more Yeah.
0: Uh but do you have but a I mean, what I... do you have a ranking of this category?
1: Of this year with The Last Emperor? I can have say broadcast news and really up close, I'm gonna say menstruck. Uh then I'm gonna say the last emperor, then Fatal Attraction, and finally Help and Glory. Oh, you
0: don't like Fatal Attraction?
1: I liked it, but I think, as you said, it's pretty inconsistent, and I think it's worthy enough for the acting, and mostly for I think it's like in the kind of movie that that you expect to go watch uh, the movies, and people remembering as every single person keeps remember glenn close in that movie but i don't know it's a, i mean i think you well, remember i, I, I was only glenn saying close.
0: that i was only saying that because you said you hated the last emperor and you saying you're like fatal attraction. so
1: i actually hate it because it's boring to my taste. Ah. but technically speaking and overall as a movie i think it's pretty impressive okay. but you so don't like, like okay. glory <laughs> It's it's the kind of movie that I don't even remember it quite correctly. Yeah. Maybe if I if I do like a rewatch for Hope and Glory, it could like uplift it. But I don't think it could have actually like change my perspective. I'm saying okay, number three is going to be no. the last emperor. I don't think that the last emperor could actually go to the bottom line. It's okay, what it is.
0: Do you know what's interesting about Hope and Glory is that that movie won. The comedy slash musical award at the Golden Globes over Moonstruck and broadcast over Moonstruck Moonstruck is shocking.
1: Yes, that's what I was saying because I was actually expect I was not remembering. I still thought did Moonstruck won.
0: It's like how I always think Ghost won, but Green Card won instead. So
1: oh my god, Green Card! Yes, (laughs) I remember that case. I remember I watched it a couple of months ago and was like, "What is this movie about?"
0: Yeah, but but sense. I still think Moonstruck was the runner-up either way.
1: Yes, but as you were saying, I think that it's really came, like, really far from The yeah. Last Emperor.
0: Yeah, well, time for the best category here. Best actress. Alongside yeah, Holly Hunter, you have Glenn Close for Fatal Attraction. You have Sally Kirkland for Campaigning for Hours on End. For Anna. <laughs> uh, Meryl Streep for Ironweed, and your winner was... Of course, share for Moonstruck. So, would you give Holly Hunter the win?
1: I would kept saying no. Ooh, and
0: I was I was not expecting that.
1: No, because I don't know if I can see considering the fact that she won years later for the piano, and I think it's okay, even though I don't actually adore her performance in the piano. But I think it Angela like,
0: Bassett
1: totally. But I think it was like it was correct if you say to me but it's like no i think she was also like very young still holy hunter
0: mm-hmm. so it
1: was like giving her an award i mean we came from marley matlin winning but she it deserved she, marley
0: matlin deserved it marley oh,
1: was way too much deserving you don't so,
0: think so um
1: and no i think so actually i think she was way too deserving i mean marley mm-hmm. matlin is really good at it yeah, uh, and she was really young and then giving an award to someone and then the next year you have uh, Jodie Foster winning for the accused and she was also like 26, 27 years old it's like which much younger, and I think I don't have the exact impact and I think yes I think it's a really like career moment like breakthrough performance for Holly Hunter I just don't think it's worth For winning, would you give a share?
0: The win is. Am I assuming the share? Your choice.
1: I. I'm always like. I have to be honest. I like try to say I don't like shares, winning, but with the years, that's what I used to say. But with the years, I ended up like saying she's really good in it, and if you think it's like. If you put it into imbalance, it's a bad winning. No, of course not. Shirt was really worth it. It was a really great performance. She was not faking anything. It was really, it was real, her performance. So I actually ended up saying, I mean, I don't think it's like a very comedy movie like someone would say she won the Golden Globe, but I think it's a really nice performance. If I had to choose, well, maybe, yes. I think I'm with the kind of people that actually expect Glenn Close to win. I think it's a great performance. But then it's like, if you start thinking about it, for Dangerous license, she was really good and I think that she would be much more worthy for that performance.
0: But so which if me, I have, I'm actually curious, who is your choice of this? Like, I don't know at this point.
1: Oh, it's like, I have to say... I'm going to say sure. Wow. I'm going to say sure.
0: I'm going I think with... it's
1: something you have to discover with the ears. It's, it's like... A, it's, something a tough, when you
0: first... it's a tough competition. It's
1: a very tough category.
0: Yeah. I think if I'm I going... have to be... I'm going with if Glenn. I to... Glenn Close is my choice. I, I have to I say have to... that performance is so much more subtle than I ever thought. She is my winner. Cher is my runner up, followed by Holly. I know Sally Kirkland had that thing, oh, but my. that's such a weird movie. And she is, such re- she's, she's really good in it. She is like, she's good. Like she really wanted to win but it is strange it's not as it's not as big it's not it's also like broadcast news fatal attraction moonstruck I've seen all these movies so many times I'm so much more comfortable with them I know them better I know yes. these performances better that I can't say I'm 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 on the thing with Sally, Sally Kirk, a woman and then Meryl like no like she's no. good but she's just doing classic <laughs> Meryl accent work it's not
1: it's the spot I don't know which uh host from the Oscar said that it's well like well, she in, was,
0: but the she thing to is i i'm the... hypocritical because i'm saying that I'm, I'm hypocritical because i'm saying that but i also think she's amazing and a cry in the dark the next year so maybe this just didn't work for yes. me as a movie
1: <laughs> but I like, i don't remember if it was jimmy kimmel or someone who said that girl oh. was being nominated because it's like like a law saying that she needed to be nominated i don't remember well, she was the here's few. something
0: so so that game that they played she 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 was where she was guessing what movie she was nominated for. She's like a cry in the dark, oh. and, he's, and he said no. But that's not true. The reason why is because the film has two titles: one is Evil Angels, and one is A Cry in the mm-hmm. Dark. And the sheet probably said Evil Angels on it. But anyways, yeah, Meryl's my last. Then Sally, Sally yes. Kirkland, then Holly Hunter, then Cher, then Glenn Close is my winner. How would you rank?
1: What I, I think that what happens to me is the next is the thing. If I were like voted back at the time i could have chosen glenn close but if it's pretty difficult to see the like you know like the full circle right now that you see the, the following year she was nominated for the international and it's like oh well, would i, I have would have give... voted
0: for her but back to back i would have given her both of the wins
1: exactly but it's like i don't feel way too much comfortable with it
0: uh-huh. so
1: i would have given her more but i understand i read somewhere that uh, Jodie Foster winning for the kids which I think it's an okay performance I, I, I mean because I think it's like pretty strong the plot line the whole rape situation and stuff but it's like if she wouldn't have won for that she could not have get Clarice back in the Silence of the Lambs and it's like you just can it destroys the whole situation so in my taste back to back ball well, maybe I think that it's like really up close I don't think that Cher sure. I, I don't think Cher sure ever had like another opportunity because she was nominated uh, years before that for Silk Silk Silkwood isn't it but,
0: yeah for Silkwood
1: was more nominated but, but it was um, also
0: like her breakout acting role and I don't think people were, and 1987 no, was except. such a big year for Cher Cher won this so easily there's she probably got all the votes to be honest at this point <laughs>
1: totally <laughs> If I had to say, I'm going to be like Ingrid Bergman saying it's a tie. Uh, I think that if I had to say, of course, Glenn Close, it's like a much more layered character. And of course, it's a, a really strong character. Uh, but I say so like, it's like it, I'm getting confused. It's like the most confusing year ever. If yeah. you start thinking about it. Uh, but I would say, like, number three is going to be always Holly Hunter. Wow. And that- number four
0: is sally it's gonna Griffin. be sally
1: kirkland
0: and Last, of course it's like
1: but sally kirkland once again she's really good but it's not like the kind of performance that you would expect to win an oscar
0: and it's or also not a performance would... that i can connect with as much as the other three no all.
1: exactly that happens well it's quite weird to say that you can connect with alice forest well
0: not connect <laughs> with personally of... but like Understand that movie better. I think it's it's a better. You really movie. understand.
1: <laughs> you really understand actually how good going close is in it, and I think that
0: yeah.
1: out of no. all her nominations, it's like once again she's like really up close between this and dangerous Liaisons, because they're, I've seen the wife
0: best. Yeah, the wife totally. <laughs> yeah, Albert Nobbs.
1: Mm. Oh my God, I Albert mean, Nobbs is such a bad movie. <laughs> It's such a weird performance. I'm not gonna say it's bad because Glenn Close is never bad, but it's like, oh my god, really? <laughs> but
0: but you're you're tying Sharon Glenn. I'm I'm seeing a tie.
1: I'm gonna say a tie. Yes, it's close. I,
0: it is close for me. It's
1: close. but I'm gonna say a tie. It's but like, that doesn't. But it's
0: underestimate how much I love Holly Hunter in this film. I think she's really no,
1: good. no, of course, but it's a tough category you yeah. had three great performances i think it's like something that if you sort of think about it like i'm gonna say 10 15 years if someone remembers this year best Actress race and someone sells you if you had to choose between Vanessa Kirby and Carey Milligan you're gonna say if someone says i'm gonna say in my case i'm gonna say Vanessa but if Carey would have won I could have say it's solely worth it and that's it
0: yeah well that's a whole other situation
1: and then someone says, Francis, and you're going to say, no, and you're going to cut it. <laughs> and that's it. That's how you end up an argument when someone says that, oh, Francis, really disturbed. Yeah. It's the subject of the year. I'm sorry.
0: It's it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, any any final comments on broadcast news?
1: albert nah albert brooks i'm sorry oh my god brooks hair was hideous (laughs) i mean it's it's amazing he i mean it's you really understand his character with that but it's like oh my god what's with that haircut and i'm actually what i have to say is that i think that albert brooks is a really nice actor and i really don't understand why he was never actually into like other big movies Because I think he's worth watching. I know he was in Drive and he was like getting major buzz. And unfortunately, he didn't land in major nominations. But I think it's such a waste of an actor, which is a shame. Because Holly Hunter is always on the map. Even right now that she's in her 60s. And I mean, she got like a great performance with the piano. And with Jane Campion was a really... Especially at this moment that Jane Campion is having like major buzz once again. But it's like, I think it's the kind of movie, broadcast news, it's the kind of movie that the cast was perfect. And I really think it's worth watching once in a while. Um, and also, it's a very, uh, what I really like is also that. And also, after all the whole discussion, it's a really nice movie to watch and to see resemblance with your own life and decisions and balance. I think it's really nice. And it, it's, it's, it's a shame that it didn't want any work. Mm-hmm. but if, once well, again, you would, if it you it would
0: give it you would personally give it supporting actor even though he's lead. and you'd give it picture i would only give it supporting actor even though he's lead but it is pretty close in other categories and i think overall it is a fantastic movie uh,
1: it's a it, yes and if you actually think about it if i have to say out of all the nominations the one that i actually think is such a shame it didn't win i'm gonna say best supporting actor albert brooks was robbed and that's yeah.
0: it yeah
1: that's the one that I would say yes, he was robbed. The other ones we can discuss it. It's like
0: But that's supporting actor think... lineup. up. Okay. Yes. I mean, I feel like I should watch Street Smart because I, Morgan Freeman getting nominated is intriguing. Yes. But
1: well, I don't think it's going to Yeah. like change. I think he really needs to be like really good for it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we, we covered a lot on it's a, it's a good movie to have a good discussion about where can people find you on social media
1: you can find me on twitter that of course we're gonna write about it because it's gonna be like much more easy if you try to handle my last name but you can find me there we can discuss anything but right now i'm there and i'm also i was invited uh in two episodes of out of oscars where we oh, yes. the jobber, and we also discuss portrait of a lady on fire and among discussing portrait of palladium five, we discussed uh the best international feature film category. So it's really interesting. And of course, you can also find me in the other in the first episode that you really need to hear of this podcast when we discuss the marvelous masterpiece <laughs> by David O'Rassel, American Hustle.
0: Yeah. Well, I am on Twitter at Sam the Parasite Letterboxd sam Sammelter. Please review and rate this podcast on whatever podcast service you use. Thank you all for listening. New episodes every Friday.